J-Dub and how he slipped to 12 because you were saying kind of like he's maybe unconventionally athletic. Well, I, I, with J-Dub, I think you have to look at it in a couple different ways. Um, and I'll be straight up honest with you. Uh, if you're comparing J-Dub to some of these other players that you know typically go above a 12 spot, you're not going to be like, oh, J-Dub's this amazing, talented player. You know what I'm saying? You're going to look at J-Dub and be like, oh, he's got a long road to go. But if you look at J-Dub as his own identity, and you're not comparing him to anybody else, and you're just taking him as face value, it changes everything, man. And I think that's what, for me, I got to keep on saying over and over and over again, is it's important for us as Oklahoma City Thunder fans to realize who we have, you know? Yeah. And what we have. And we have J-Dub, who I would consider really a top five 24 and under player. And if you think about how many 24 and under players there are out there, and the fact that you're saying that J-Dub has that it factor already, it's it's difficult. I mean, it really is because I, I, I sat there and I was like, well, would I rather Ant? Would I rather this player? Would I rather that player? You know, and, and it took me a while to go through some of these players, but the reality is, is that what J-Dub showed us in the first year and how he developed in that first year is elite status. I mean, it truly is elite. Like I, I sat back and I was like, um, okay, when's the last time I saw a player like this develop this quickly? You know, like he, he developed into a 20 point player a game by the end of the season. Let me think about that. You know, like how many players as rookies have been able to go and start off a little slow, you know, earning their minutes and all of a sudden pop on the scene at 20 points um, a game because of his matchups, because you can't stick your best defender on him. You can't stick your second best defender on him. You can't, you know what I'm saying? You've got so many other good players on this Thunder team that are young that you've got to stick your third or fourth best player on J-Dub, on defender. And J-Dub takes advantage of that shit. You know, this next year, he's not going to get that. He's going to get the second best defender. How he's going to be able to uh, approach that, let me tell you what he's done. Tons. <laughs> Look at his body, guys. He has put a ton of work in to making sure that he is ready and ready to go. And I think that's why it's so important for us to understand J-Dub is ready to take that step for the next level. And how quickly that step is going to be, is it's going to be crazy. So, Lovan, what's up, man? Good morning. Van. Lovin'. Love it. I don't know. Love it. Hey, so Love you brought bands. up you brought up Anthony Edwards, okay? And let's let's just be real right now. There's a lot of Anthony Edwards hype going on right now. Ant is good. He's, he's very good. good. He's very, very good. aggressive. Um, he's very athletic. I mean, he played Russ or Russ. He played Shea amazing on defense. You know, in the the playoff game that we played. So okay, but this is the first time I've heard anybody bring it up. What's up, Robert? But let's talk about this, dude. Let's talk about the idea that maybe J-Dub and Ant are comps for their careers. Now, right now, I think everybody would say Ant has I, I think advantage. that's an insult for J-Dub, bro. <laughs> okay. I am sorry. Ant, Ant is good, but J-Dub is going to be the player, right? Ant will always be like... Andrew Wiggins is to Carmelo Anthony. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I can't, I can't see Ant 
being a better player in the long run than J-Dub. I just can't. Like, I, it would have to be a fucking cold day in hell. Okay, but what about Ant having more space to operate? Like, and maybe getting to average, like, 27 a game. I'm sorry. I just, I mean, even at 27 a game, um, his defense is going to have to be so elite to be able to stay up with, with J-Dub. If he's able to scored 27 a game and he's a top five defender in the league right then i think that you can say they're comparable players but he would have to do that for a long period of time not just like two years you know like there's so many players in the league that that show up and they're like amazing for two three four years you know and just a blimp and like they you know people like say what you want i i understand people are going to be like you're stupid dave but damian lillard you know, like they show up on the scene, they're amazing for a few years, but if they were amazing for 12 to 14 years, they'd be known as one of the greats, but they never can combine two or three or four, five good seasons in a row. And that's what I look about Ant. I was like, yeah, he might be able to put three, four good seasons in a row. Cool. But he'll never have that longevity that J-Dub's going to be able to have because the way that we're going to take care of J-Dub's legs, because of the way we're going to take care of his health. You know, the, 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 the amount of players we have on our bench, you know, Ant is going to be forced to go play out there 35 plus minutes a game, 37 plus minutes a game, you know, and that's what he's going to be forced to do. And he might enjoy that. And that's cool. But when he gets, you know, year eight, year nine, he's pretty worn down because the rest of the NBA is on a different level of resting their guys. So he's 21. So you think by the time he should be entering his prime, he could be in the back half already. Dude, it's all about usage, man. Like players right. like him, right? That are so physical that rely on the physicality and and being above the rim like that. Like they're good for a few years. Like they shine bright, bro. They shine bright, like fucking bright for a couple of years. But then after that, it kind of like settles, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I mean, think about Andrew Wiggins, man. Like, how many years has he shined bright for? He's, you know, I, I would say about four years of his career, right? Yeah. Okay, so like again, maybe five years, but you know, like that's good. You know, that's good to be known as a all-star player, as a championship caliber player, like all that other stuff. That's cool, man. But that's not what we're talking about, J Dub, man. We're not talking about one or four, one, two, three, four all-star. You know, that's not J Dub. I mean, J Dub's gonna be something like uniquely special because defensive minded um minded set. The way he's put on weight, and it's good weight. It's not shitty weight. He's fast as fuck. He rises above everybody. I mean, the things that J-Dub can do is so fucking elite. Like, people aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, in 25 years, Ant was an unbelievable player. People would be like, well, Ant Ant was good for those few years that he was good for. But people would be like, J-Dub? No, J-Dub changed the game. J-Dub changed the game. And that's how J-Dub will be known as. Because think about the way he plays defense. Okay. And is offensive minded, back doors up above the air. He can shoot threes. He can get to the middle of the floor and pull up on jumpers. And then on the defense, he can take the best offensive player, the best offensive player, and shut him down because of his long ass arms. He doesn't have to play this incredibly physical aspect on defense every single time. And that saves a player like J Dub. You know, Ant relies on that physical aspect of defense. And how long is that good until you tear an ACL or you tear a back? I shouldn't say that because people get mad at me, right? But you, t- you tear something in your back or something like that because, you know, like physicality, that's how I was. I was a physical athlete. I played football and basketball. 
that, I mean, I went at people's throats. I went hard all the time. And what happened? I tore my ACL twice <laughs> playing basketball. And that's what happens. Like you can play that high end physicality and that's cool, but you're going to get hurt. So J-Dub has that physical minded aspect. And when he needs to in that fourth quarter, he'll pull that out. But he doesn't need to play that all the time. And he's still an elite defender. It's effortless defense that makes J-Dub so spectacular. And, and we can talk about the greats of the game and, and how they're able to go, you know, score 20 plus points or 30 points a game, right? And then play the spectacular top five defense, okay? Out of all the players on our team, there's only two players that I would consider that have that ability to do it. And I'll just say J-Dub is one of those players. He has the ability to be a top five defender, right? And he has the ability to score 27 to 30 points a game. I mean, like, what else do you guys want? I mean, like, that is an elite player. If you can do that consistently, that's the key. And that's why I think J-Dub will be able to be known as one of the, the great players of this generation when he's all said and done putting his, his work together. I just, I believe in J-Dub. I believe in J-Dub, and I would bet on his his... Um, you know, cards and all that other stuff, guys. Like, if you guys listen to me and you collect cards, okay, Shay's card is going to be valuable one day, no doubt. Second card, I would start collecting is J-Dub. And I know Chet's out there, guys. I know that. But J-Dub is that piece that everybody's going to look back and say, <laughs> J-Dub was Scotty to Michael, man. Shay and Michael. I mean, like, seriously. Like, you cannot win championships without a player like J-Dub nowadays. Robert wants to know if J-Dub will make at least the third team NBA defense next year. Um, Listen, I don't think a year two player. Um, hmm, I say that, but it's too much about reputation. It really is because think about it. Dort is his first year, right? As an all defensive team this year, as a third team, I think it was second team. Did he make an all defensive team? I don't remember. I thought to, this year he did, or maybe it's whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter, guys. Um, if he didn't, it was the year before. I don't know. Who fucking cares? I could have swore Dort has one all-defensive team on his thing. But think about that. If Dort doesn't have any, then that means that J-Dub is going to be have to be so much better than than Dort on defense. And you think about Dort, and he broke records for, you know, um, the offensive uh, moving screens and all that other stuff. Like, you're going to have to be really fucking elite. Now, Jada or Dort, I believe, will be an all-defensive team this next year because of all the love he's been getting for getting around the screens and all that other stuff. He's going to be an all-defensive team. Uh, I think he'll be a second or third. But to say J-Dub at this point, I think it's going to be another year. I think year three would be his, his year, I think. So, next well, year. Well, we asked a question yesterday about who will lead the NBA in blocks. And Ooh. at least all the... Thunder fans listening to us feel like it's going to be Chet. Um, you you see how I did that right there, by the way, though? I did it by age, first of all. I did uh, um, Anthony, who led yeah. it last year, and Bede was second, right? And then yeah. I did our young guys, the two yeah. young team, youngsters yeah. coming up, like the two best of, best young defensive players, in my opinion. So so do you think Chet has a chance for all-defense team if he leads the league in blocks and stuff like that? Right? Oh, hey, listen, that's what you have to do, man. Like we we've I've learned this from Dort. If you don't lead, if you're not a top five steel getter, no matter how you impact the game, if you're not a top five steel getter, you're not going to get a lot of respect from the voting. You know, if you're not a top, you know, three blocks a shot blocker, you're not going to get a lot of votes. But if you're a 
the top shot blocker in the league, you're going to get so much love. I mean, people are going to be like, vote, 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 you know? Like, Chet is going to gobble up votes the second he starts playing well. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Chet will start getting a ton of votes because when people start seeing, you know, like stats, like eye-popping stats, like anytime a rookie puts up like five to eight blocks, it's an eye-popping stat. You're like, whoa, he did what? You know, like, but Chet's going to be doing more than that. I think Chet is going to have those games where he's going to have, you know, one time down, someone's going to come down the lane. He's going to swat that. They're going to get the rebound. They're going to go back up again. He's going to swat it. Then somebody else is going to get the rebound. They're going to go right at Chet, and Chet's going to swat them. I mean, he's going to get four or five blocks in one possession. And that's just the way he plays defense because he's able to get up so quickly and move so quickly with inside of that, whether it's physical contact or whatever. Like, I'm serious. Like, when you see these guys that are able to literally shut down the lane completely from people coming in, like, you know. I mean, I remember Marcus Camby, and I know people are, oh, Marcus Camby, but listen. Marcus can be shut the fucking lights down. Anybody coming in that lane, you know, you can say, I mean, you can talk about the, the great defenders, um, Akeem Olajuwon, you know, like they shut down the lane when people came, people were afraid of going into there, you know, like I, I, I look at a player like Patrick Ewing and I kind of laugh, but his physical aspect that he brought to the table, he was slow, but he was physical, you know, like to me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying when Chet is all said and done, He's going to be known as one of the best defenders in the league. And that could be year one. That could be year two. But it's going to be very quickly. Very, very quickly. I mean, there's not NBA greats talking about Chet right now unless he's great. I mean, think about, you know, LeBron James talking it. You know, he's not a great, but Patrick Beverly. I mean, you could go down the list of players that are taking time out of their day to start talking about Chet. Why? I mean, it's because they all know what we know. This is not a normal player. I mean, his defense is going to be killer. He's not going to be forced to, you know, take a lot of shots his his rookie year. He'll be forced about creating his own stuff by offense rebounds and and getting the ball, you know, at the top of the key and getting to the hole. Like, he's not going to be leaned on on the offensive game, and he can focus on that defensive aspect. And that's what's exciting because there's not a lot of players that can do that. So... Chet's overall game, we watched in the summer league, really be offensively be predicated on um, just offensive ball movement, getting a defensive rebound, putting the ball on the floor, and everybody just like running up the court so he can play point guard in that set. But then when the offense is set up, um, the ball flows through him, the ball goes side to side, um, and then he's going to kind of attack as the shot clock wears on. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of the way Chet – plays the game on the offensive end well, and defensive, but like for offense, what we see so often with the thunder is just like the ball moves so freely. Right. And then you see a guy like Chet come in in summer league and he shows that he understands what that means when he's probably sometimes out in the court, the only guy that might make the team. Hmm. Right. So I can't really think of that many times where that was the case, but it could have been right. Like he was definitely the only one who's going to start. Um, and, um, except for that one time Jada was out there. Right. Yeah. But like, (laughs) then I think like for him to be so unselfish in that environment, Hmm. you know, like, you know, that out of that summer league, there's only a handful of guys who really have a chance to be in the league in 10 years. Yeah. And when he's like, my, I'm not here for me, I'm here for everybody else. And then the offense flows through him in the right type of way. And he puts up 20, a couple of games. 
Yeah. You're like, well, why couldn't he do that in the league? Like, I feel like what this is, is this is going to sound stupid. Okay. Sure. Ignorant. This is the place to sound stupid, man. All right. But I honestly feel like the defense was tougher in the summer league that for Chet than the league, because I think with the NBA, he's going to be left in a spot where there isn't as much help. But every time Chet went to put the ball on the floor, he had every guy digging because they just knew, like, help off of your guy. Don't let Chet go to his thing. You're not going to help off of Shea. Well, I, 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 this is where this is where I, I disagree. People are going to dig on Chet every single time. Yeah, because, but are they going to help off of people to dig? Well, here, but this is where I think that they will. I think they're going to put fire. They're going to make Chet. They're going to make Chet beat him with the pass. And I think that's what's going to happen for the first like, 10, 15 games. They're going to be like, let's see if Chet can beat us with the pass. Right? Do you think they're going to double him? They're not going to double I, him. I think really. anytime he touches the ball, that he puts the ball on the floor, I think people are going to collapse on him. Okay. They're going to try to stop him immediately because they're going to look at it as their weakness. Right? Because what I saw in the summer league was that same exact attack mentality. They're not going to stop that. You know why? Because they're going to make Chet beat them. And the second that Chet learns how to pass over top or pass the um, double team or dribble this way or dribble that way to get around them, it's over. And then they'll stop having to do that. They'll have to go to the next theory of the way to, the way to stop Chet. You know, but it's Chet is going to have to prove them wrong in every single gonna, scenario. You don't think they're going to leave him on an island? I, they might for certain players. I think certain players are going to leave him on an island. I think certain players are going to, but Chet's going to be coming down the middle of the the lane. He's going to be coming in the top of the key when he runs down. You know, like when he does that, there's always going to be a second player around. Always, you can't spread out enough to to stop it when he's coming down, catching the ball. You know, the top of the key, and then you know, cutting to the hole. Like there's always going to be somebody around. So, so okay, me, so if you're Chet's coach, okay, yes, and you're like, you're you're like Chet, you can't dribble three times. You got one dribble. But but Chet can do two dribbles and dunk the ball from the three-point line. So right. but like okay, so say you're in that spot though where he's driving, right? Perimeter, he puts up a shot fake, which is so convincing. Like when we were watching the game, every time I'd be like, Oh, and Chet shoots. Oh, no, never mind. He didn't shoot. You know, I would fall for the shot fake every time. So he puts the ball on the ground, right? And he drives past his guy. Now the team's digging, right? The team is yeah. coming at him and they want to get him before he goes into a shot. Chat a lot of times at that point will go into the post, right? And then go into a post move, which might take a third or a fourth dribble. I don't think he gets those. I think he's in in the league, he's got to be one to two dribbles, you know, and, and I, I mean make the, I'll shot be or make the pass. If I'm his coach, I'm saying I, I want you to be able to make your move within one one dribble. Right. Like like and, and this and this seems bad, but as a rookie, like you know how um anybody that's played hoops or any sports at all understands what I'm about to say. Um, freshmen don't fucking talk. <laughs> freshmen don't fucking talk. They sit there, they observe, they don't, they don't, you know, talk in the locker room, try to create jokes or anything else like that because it's stupid. They sit there, right, and they be quiet. You know, like rookies, it's that mentality. You got to get over that hump. You know, like Chet, J Dub. I mean, J Dub. We watched him get over that hump. Like to me. Like I know how great Chet can be, but you still got to get over that hump, bro. So let's let's talk about like Dirk. Dirk is similar size, different build, but um, let's talk about no. His but game. L- look at Dirk when he was first drafted. Tell me, there's a different build. 
Right. Well, we'll say different <laughs> defensive mindset. We'll go Dude, that. he was so skinny. So but, skinny. So Dirk, early in his career, shot a ton of threes. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> it was horrible too, bro. I mean, he wasn't that bad, was he? I thought he was like shitty, but whatever. Okay, so then you go on and you fast forward to his MVP year. Um, the year they go on to win the finals. Like, those two... Um, that wasn't the same year, I don't think. But those two yeah. years, we watched his game and it had evolved. Sure. And it was inside the arc. He was a killer. Like, almost in the same spots, but getting it to it in different ways sure. than a player like Paul Pierce. Right? Like, the inside the arc. And, like, all of a sudden, sh- seeing Dirk shoot a three sure. was, like, rare. It was, like... And then the announcers started being, like, a lot of people don't know. He used to shoot a lot of threes. And it was, like... Why doesn't he anymore? And you're saying because sure. he sucked. I think it was because the, Man, the value he, of- he shot twenty percent from three his rookie year. Okay, but going on, what what percentage did he shoot? He ended up um, pretty much going 37 percent, thirty eight percent, thirty nine. You know, and then he got up to the forties um, later in his career. But you know, his many, first per, year. How many um, shots per game did he shoot in like his um, first, second, third year as far as threes? Uh, attempts was 1.4 a year his first year. His second was 3.7, and then he went to close to five for most of the rest of his career. It's funny because like we're like, oh, he shot a lot a of threes. Times. Five wouldn't be a lot of threes anymore. Like, and no, now 1.4, but 1.4 was a lot of threes for a rookie. Though. It was, and now I mean, people like, would be like, oh my gosh, like you gotta, we gotta get him shooting seven, yeah, eight. He's that good of a shooter at that size. Because if you can shoot 40, percent like you should be a volume shooter. Well, but the I game mean, was different, man. It was just different. You you didn't play I, that way. I still think that we have a number of players that are going to shoot above thirty six percent from threes. I All mean, right. I just, I mean, like, if we want to go through who I think that's going to shoot above thirty six from have threes, seven, honestly, let's go through it, man. J Dub is going to lead. J Dub, I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah Joe is going to lead. I think Shea, even though he's not going to take a lot, I think he's going to shoot above thirty six percent. I think uh, um, Dort is going to be the surprise this year. He's going to shoot above 36%. And every year I say this, and every year I'm like, ah, but I do believe that Dort's going to be there. Um, I do think that J-Dub can shoot 30, above 36%. Um, who else, Mark? Kenny Hustle? It's five. J-Will shot very well last year. I, I do think that Josh Giddy. J-Will... Josh Giddy, JRE. Here's the thing about Josh. And Blake is saying Kaysen. So, I mean, again, we might have 10 players that, yeah, that can Jason, shoot 47%, shoot 46%. 46, I like Kaysen's 36. shot a lot. I, I would say Kaysen is going to have a chance to do some special stuff for us. Um, Josh, He's a sniper, bro. Josh, this is really his first, I don't know. Off season with Chip, like he had last off season where he worked with Chip some, but Chip didn't really want to like touch things going into the season. It was just like let's get to know each other. Forty percent, bro. Josh is going to shoot forty percent this year because here's the thing: is that we're not going. He's not going to be required to find and get his own three point shot. He's going to be required to shoot the open shot. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's what makes me pumped, dude. Is that Josh is not going to be like, oh, he has to find his own three point shot. It's like no. Josh, you just shoot it when you're open, man, because the ball is going to find your hands three times a game for an open three-point shot. 
I mean, seriously, man, like I, this offense, the way it's run, like Shea gets the ball on the right side, right? And he cuts to the middle of the lane with his left hand hard, hard, right? Gets a foot in the lane and passes the ball. The next person catches the ball and they cut to the hard to their right to the middle of the lane. Get a foot in the lane, maybe two feet in the lane. Bro, it's in five seconds. We've got the ball. Two people already touched the ball. You know, three people already touched the ball. And it's fast. Boom, 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 boom. And then we're setting screens away. We're having guys fade. We're having guys go back door. We're having alley-oops available. You know, there's going to be wide open threes everywhere. That's why you need Isaiah Joe. That's why you need these guys. That's why we spent millions of dollars to get Chip here. It's because we know in order for us to win championships, we need to be able to shoot 40% from three-point range as a team. I mean, we got to do things that are unheard of for teams to be able to be look at us and be like, oh, my God, like this is not good. Like they can attack the whole like fricious, like horrible people. And then all of a sudden pop up for threes and hit 10. And, and before you even know what's going on. I mean, think about this guys. How many times did we see last season? This team hit 10 threes before the third quarter was over. You know, it's like, holy shit. Like this team can go from zero to 60, like nobody's business. Yeah. And it's just going to get better. Because these guys are going to start hitting, even if they they up each one of them ups their percentages by three percent this this you know off year, right? Which is like ten percent of their total shooting for most of them. Three percent, that's going to put us a massive chunk of guys in that thirty six to forty percent range. Massive chunk. Yeah, it's because we shoot the shots like we are shooting threes like crazy, like we are always up there in the top of the league as many three point shots as we get. So many. So many, man. That's been Mark Dignall's one of his biggest improvements, I think. And and now it's about what do we do with those shots? You know, year over year improvement is important. And then bringing in new players like Blake saying Kaysen and Mitchich. Mitchich. Dude, listen. Here's the thing about Mitchich I want to say mm -hmm. before like um you go. Like I think he could be a, a, a player like that, except for one thing. We'll we'll see how it works out, but like if you watch his highlights from Euroleague, he didn't really shoot a ton of threes, but man, he hunted the end of shot clock, end of um, quarter clock, end of games. He was just, he would never, he's never one of those people who would just not shoot the ball, you know, and, and they didn't want to hurt their shooting percentage. So it's like, if he's like seriously hunting his shot at the, at these like buzzer beater situations, it might hold his percentage down, but it doesn't mean that he's not like, overall uh, like above 36% when the ball finds him in the offense. It just means that, you know, you might shoot three bad shots a game as far as bad for your percentage, but your team needs you to shoot them because you're yeah. one of those guys that seek out the hot potatoes. You don't shy from. Yeah. And I want to be clear on this. If, if Dort gets injured or we have an opportunity um, where Dort's not going to be on this team anymore for whatever reason, mischief is my opinion proven that he deserves that starting position and that's where we get that position because mistress in my opinion could be a i mean like if he comes out shooting even like 35 percent from three and the way that he gets the hole the way he passes the ball the way his knowledge is on defense right i mean he could be a top 25 player in the league I mean, and it's crazy even saying that. I, I have to like sit there and like, really, do you think he maybe a top twenty-five in the West? But my point about that is, is that if he is as good as I think he could be in the league, 
then we're looking at a, a player that is going to be the true sixth man of this team unless something happens to a Dort or a J-Dub or whatever. And then he's going to take over that starting position. He's not going to give it back. I mean, he's not. He's one of those guys that if you give him you know, uh, a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. God damn it. That's the kids, man. That's the kids one right there from you. So anybody that uh, reads those books, the kids' books, if you give a mouse a cookie, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> you need to read books with your kids, man. Mouse. <laughs> no, 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 we're good. I just, um, I usually you say perverted things, so I was like, I know, I was, I was like, like thinking about like this is not disgusting. What is no, wrong? No, 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 it's not. Definitely not. But it's, it's. I was reading a book with my kids the other day, and for whatever reason, that analogy came up to my mind, but. Mr. Sis is just somebody that he's, you give him anything, he's just going to take it over and he's going to make it his. And I want that from a player off of our bench. You know, you, you have Kenny Hustle already there, but you have a player that truly is um, an NBA, but it could be an NBA, you know, top 10 hybrid player in the league, top 25 hybrid player in the league. You got, you got to see what they can do. You know, like his, his pay is really good for the next couple of years. I think we have him on a three-year salary. You know, like, roll the dice on this, man. See what happens. If we can make it work, then we score because we get a player that's going to be elite and we get the rights to him. One time this, um, there's this mouse that was like, kept picking up the crumbs that I dropped and like, yeah. it wasn't afraid of me. Yeah. So I gave it a little cookie with some um, LSD in there. <laughs> Shouldn't dude, say this out loud. <laughs> where, dude, that mouse was speaking in tongues by the end, dude. It oh was my god, dude. It was, I, I, I could hear it in the walls, dude. Man, I, I've never really done fucked up shit like that, but I did give um, cocaine to a um, tarantula one time. Dude, I'm so glad we're not live right now. <laughs> uh, Do we get to the end and then forget that we were not? No, no, no. This is just the way it is sometimes when you're okay. like 18 years old and you're like, Oh, dude. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma yes. in the country. 99 and degrees. Have, <laughs> and you have tarantulas, dude. We remember when uh this is how dumb we were. Uh we used to shoot um what's up, Johnny? Bottle so rockets how did, at each other. Before you say that though, um how, how did the tarantula react? The spastic? So dude, how did it how did it ingest it? Like did you right, so first of all, I, I got I got the um I put some cocaine in there and didn't do anything, right? Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, put some cocaine in it. So I was like, how do I do it? So I got some water. Yeah. And it wasn't a lot. I wasn't going to kill it. I was just, you know, experimenting. And I'm like, put some water in there. And the tarantula went over and drank it. And then just walked around in circles for like, I don't know, like two hours. Wow. So and like, you know, about the cocaine, cocaine bear. And I've recently been te- <laughs> seeing people talking about cocaine shark, which is like, um, I guess they're, they're saying that so, many, so much cocaine has been dumped off the coast of Florida. That now they did like this experiment and they like wrapped these bales like to look like cocaine. And yeah. They dropped them in the water and they said the sharks started swarming it. And it's like they think the sharks are, are getting into the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> now we have co- <laughs> cocaine tarantula. Um, dude. This no, is I mean, again, this is this allegedly, is exciting, guys. Dude. And this is this is so many years ago. I can't even count and I would never admit it to my own children. But you guys aren't my children. I love you guys. So, yeah. I read it in a book one time and I just started saying it was me. Listen, I uh, I did a lot of stuff. All right. So 
a lot of stuff on that property in, in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma, over by Deer Creek. If you guys know Oklahoma, the Deer Creek area, man, some good times there. Uh, 178th Street, I think. 172nd. Yeah, 172nd. 192nd. 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 Yeah, 192nd. Between Rockwell and MacArthur. Yeah. Um, Used to get in all the type of shit in the world that you can imagine, guys. One time I tried to plant a ton of weed plants back there. And I did. None of them took, bro. No doubt. (laughs) (laughs) That was back in the Schwag. I think, yeah, Schwag years, and we would get all those. Blake was saving up seeds for us, and we were planting Blake. That's right. Nothing, nothing. Thanks, Blake. Nothing, nothing hit, man. Unless if Malones are listening, um, if you ever find any weed plants, let us know. And that'll mean that we did do something. We want to collect on those weed plants. (laughs) We want our take. (laughs) (laughs) That was was like 1500 seeds. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. Um, but that property is like definitely the first place we took shrooms and all the the other stuff above, man, we used to like, I didn't know if it was a cat one time and ended up being a possum. That was mm. interesting. You don't know what you're seeing sometimes. Everything's weird. Oh, blurred. you were to tell about the bottle rockets. That, that was a fun experience. But... <laughs> yeah, the bottle rockets. Uh, so we did some bottle rockets and then we got a rocket, Brian and I. You pinch one in your asshole and then you shoot. <laughs> Is that what, that's the story, Dave? <laughs> we did just a lot of fucked up shit, man. We're just, we're unbridled. Unbridled. <laughs> Um, we had too much time on our hands. We were homeschooled. <laughs> we were homeschooled. <laughs> and uh, now you understand more about why we are the way we are. Man, l- listen, I, I, I want to I wanna throw this out there. I know we've been fucking around for a little while here, but I, when people get on here and it's like, if you guys were just a little bit more professional and looked a little bit more professional and sounded more professional, you guys' insight's amazing. Like, those people, right? Like, I understand where you guys are coming from, and I, I applaud that, but that's just not who Mark and I are. We're just not. We'll never be those guys. And I just want to keep on acting the way I am. And if one day somebody's like, oh, you guys you guys are amazing. We want you to be part of our, our you know, billion-dollar uh, brand, then that's cool. But at this point in my life, I, fuck all that, man. I'm just enjoying being around you guys, being around Mark, talking Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, listen. It's what we do. Like Mark and I will go and hang out with each other and we talk thunder. And it's like, it's, it's just our thing. Like, and it's fun to be able to share that with you guys. Yeah, dude. It's, it's a really fun thing to look forward to. Um, July is almost over, bro. I'm pumped. It was a crazy ass month for me. The summer is almost over. The summer will be, be nice when it's over, dude. It's over a hundred every day here. And I'm just, I'm hoping, for, I'm hoping for uh, a fresh start coming this fall. I love it when the air gets cool. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited about this this Thunder season. Kaysen, Mitch, Chet, this is going to be an amazing year for the new guys. But the second-year guys, the third-year guys, they get they get to show up. I mean, for me, J-Dub, we started talking about him. Um, but just everything in practice. Can you imagine the difference in intensity he's going to do all training camp with he's instead of just being there like you said freshmen don't talk he's going to be there and be like i know what i'm doing i'm going to improve it every time i do every one of these drills and i'm going to be a vocal leader we're going to get a different version of all these guys and that's that's what pumps me up about this season as much as anything what's up Jaden? you know um 
I want you before before we get going, Mark. There's two new um, Worldwide Thunder family people we want oh, to throw yeah, up yeah. there, but I want to throw and I want to say this because um, I look at J Dub. There's two type of players. You got you got the players like J Dub, like Shay, um, like Dort that go out and they work out all off season and they get back to like incredible, amazing shape. Right, man. And then there's players like Ant and Zion that gain a shit ton of weight off the off season, you know? And yeah, they work it out by the end of the season. But to me, I look at this and say like, those are the type of people that when we draft these guys that are willing to do whatever it takes, I mean, look at J dub's body, man, that that's not, that does not come from 30 minutes of workout a day. That comes from eight hours of workout a day, 12 hours of workout a day. Like dude is putting in hard hours into his body because he recognizes what we got something special in Oklahoma, man. And that's, what's so great. Jared, I am never in Oklahoma. Mark though, I say never, um, but I'll probably end up going there in the next two years. But Mark is, is I was there about a month ago and right now I'm in Austin and I might be back in Oklahoma in two months. Yeah. A little less. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sure when, but I should be back pretty soon, Jared, for sure. Um Oh, Jared. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, dude. Welcome to the Worldwide Thunder family, man. And shout out yes. to George Goodwin and Nicholas Taylor. They also joined the family not too long ago. And Jaden too, man. He was a brand new guy too. So Jaden no, I mean, is absolutely brand new too. So we appreciate you and Jared once again. Welcome to the family. We have a lot of fun with this, and um, we're just having, we're just seeing what happens, man. Because um, we enjoy hanging out, we enjoy watching the games, and um, we've got the college show guys that we do every morning. You guys are welcome on there, and when we do games, we're gonna be doing calling during the games. You guys can come and watch the game with us for a little bit, and get in sync with our game, and then watch it with us. Um, these are the things that we want to do and bring to you guys because to us, it's. Again, uh, we, we don't live in Oklahoma. It's about it's about all this. You know, we're, we're creating something that's beautiful here for you guys. So, um, yeah, same channel right here, man. We will be uh, um, at the beginning of every chat. If you look in every chat, you'll see uh, me pop on there and put a website. That's the call-in. Um, oh, click I it anytime to, you want. I forgot to pin it. Um, we're no, but we're about good. to jump off right now. Um, I just pinned it up there. You guys can save it. It's the same call-in for the future. Grab Anytime that. you want to call in, talk Make about sure you anything, do, um, guys. Download the app, advice. whatever you need to do, and jump on. We have our, we're still working out some of the technical difficulties. Shout out to Unc. We love you, man. Can't wait to talk Keep to you again. coming back, man. You always elevate the conversation, and we appreciate that. So we will figure out everything. But once again, we love you guys, and we will see you soon.